You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by Sucklebusters. You can find them at sucklebusters.com. Also by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at the BBQ guru.com or call them 800-288-GURU and by the CHOPS Power Injector System the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA find them at barbecuekansascity.com and by Butcher Barbecue from injections to rubs to sauces always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com and by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at PelletCooker.com or CookShack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Find out more at kcbs.us slash samstour. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. And by iGrill. The Bluetooth grilling thermometer that allows you to monitor temperatures from 150 feet away. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. Give me a beat. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Van Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, the number one wine show on the And this is BBQ so to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Do you want to jump in tonight? Let's do it. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, the third Tuesday of the month, regular recurring guest. He is a Barbecue Hall of Famer of 2015 class inductee. Stephen Reichland joins us on the show. 
Stand by. Love you. At 9.35, first timer to the show, a lot of you folks are using their product. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't know it, maybe you're not familiar with the history of the product, all that good stuff, we're going to get into it. Kathy Vu from Cambro will be joining me. You ever heard of Cambro? You probably got a couple right in your competition trailer, your catering trailer, something like that. So we're going to be talking a little Cambro at 935. And then we'll move to the second hour at 1014. We will find the Presidente of the Steak Cook-Off Association, Brett Galloway, joining me. We're going to talk steak. We're going to get outside the competition barbecue box. We're going to go high heat with the steak stuff. Uh, So we'll find out a little bit about the SCA, how that came to be. And more importantly, for the folks that aren't familiar with what the SCA is all about, uh, the rules, the judging, all that good stuff. So kind of seeing a potential new sanctioning body uh, make its way through the ranks and the pitfalls that one has to put up with as they're getting things like this rolling. And certainly it has grown to uh, quite a, a bit of popularity over the last handful of years. Uh, we had uh, Darian Kazravi from Cosmos Q on a couple weeks ago because uh, he's the guy that won the 2015 National or World Steak Cook-Off. So it's uh, certainly growing and potentially something that could partner with any of the competition barbecue sanctioning bodies by and large. So uh, we'll talk to Brett about that. And then at 1035, because we do have Thanksgiving coming up here in just over a week, giving you her opinion of a spectacular Thanksgiving Day meal, my mom. Connie Rampy joins me for Connie Recipes Corner at 1035. So there you have it. Stephen Reichlin, Kathy Vu, Brett Galloway, Connie Rampey. Wow, we're locked and loaded. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. If you want to get at me through the email or the phones, I ask each and every week. Let everybody know the show is on the air right now. Let's do this thing. Send out the Facebook posts, the tweets, the emails. The chain emails telling people they might have bad luck if they don't pass it on to the next 10 or 15 people. A couple of different websites to send them to. If you want the audio only, you can hit up my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. If you want the video stuff, you can go to longtime video syndication partner of the show, outdoorcookingchannel.com. If you have Roku, again, if you have Roku or something along those lines, we call that uh, Internet Protocol Television or IPTV. Typically, there is some kind of an app store with whatever platform that you're running. Go ahead into there and search Outdoor Cooking Channel. If Outdoor Cooking Channel is available, go ahead and download it. And you will get the live stream of Outdoor Cooking Channel, which is great. You can watch this show here from 9 to 11. You can watch Whiskey Men Barbecue in the Pit from 7 to 9 previous to the show. So you can get live stuff right there on your television Or you can get all of the replays on Roku as well with not only this show, but a number of the other shows that Kevin Bevington has going on at the Outdoor Cooking Channel. Let me mention again, we went over it in detail the last two weeks. If you are a competition cooking team barbecue and you do or are planning to do 30-plus events next year and you would like to be covered in-depth, no-holds-barred, 
flavor profiles, cooking temperatures, personal life, all that good stuff. Hit me up with an email. Let me know you're down. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Looking for one of those teams. I'm also looking for the tweener team. Maybe somewhere in the in the 10 to 20 mark. Same thing, though. you got to be down uh, twice a month. We're going to, uh, well, maybe the 10 to 20, depending on where you fall out. Uh, we might go once a month with you. And, again, it's all encompassing. I want the personal stuff. I want the business stuff. I want the flavor profiles, the cooking times. You have to be willing to invest all of your information for this part of the show in order to really make it work. Trying to give you that season one of Barbecue Pitmasters feel on a web-based video slash audio show, if that makes sense. And I think it can work. I think it uh, it's a great. Uh, in in the end, you know, I need a team that is going to be completely forthcoming and honest on on what they're doing good and, and what they're doing bad. But more importantly, I need somebody that's going to be able to to give me some emotion on the other end. Not somebody that's just deadpanned or anything like that. You know, we want that whole good deal, high energy, passion, investment. So that's what I'm looking for. So again, 30 plus and then like in that 10 to 20 range. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Between Black Friday and Christmas. So basically starting after next show or the month of August. Uh, <laughs> The month of August? Yeah, you know where I'm at. The month of December. And I can't believe it's almost December, man. We're almost done with November, bro. Damn, son. Anyway, pretty much for the month of November, barring the very last week, iGrill has partnered with this show. We will be giving away not one, but no less than three iGrill 2s. They showed up in the mail. If you follow me on Instagram... You know, I got them in my hot little mitts. So we will start the giveaways of the iGrill 2s. These are great. You can get the internal meat probes. You can do the ambient temperature probes. It's Bluetooth. These things are retailing for right around 100 bucks. You're going to get them for free. It's just that easy. Because you listen to the show, you're going to get them for free. Now, the caveat is this, of course. In order to win a free eye grill starting week after next, you have to listen to the show live. Uh So do me a favor. If you have always thought about making the investment into watching the show live, here is incentive because you can possibly win a $100 prize for exactly free if you can play the game. Since we have three weeks of giveaways, we'll do three weeks of different games. One week, athlete or porn star. One week, cheese or font. One week, winery or rehab. Answer two of three correct. Or no, uh, answer uh, two in a row correct, and you win. Plus, you have the opportunity, depending on when you get it, of regifting that or just Taking it and giving it is maybe you already have an eye grill too. You don't need another one, but your brother Timmy wants one, but you don't want to bone out the cash on brother Timmy because he's a deadbeat. Well, you win an eye grill too. All of a sudden, things are getting a little bit better on your end. You can regift it. You look like a friggin' hero because your brother Timmy thinks you've 
done $100 worth of gift giving and all of this whatnot. But in the end, you just answered, you knew the difference between an athlete's name and a porn star's name. Does that get any better than that? No, hell no. And I love free stuff. I love giving away free stuff, and I love partners that give away free stuff on this show. It's all a win-win situation, mostly winning for the people that are going to listen live. So if you've talked about making a New Year's resolution this year, start early. The New Year's resolution is that you're going to listen to the show once live before the end of the year. Then you will have satisfied your New Year's resolution. You've probably never done that before. you probably like one of those people that say you're going to lose all this weight and you never lose any weight. Now you can do it. You can win the New Year's resolution contest. Folks, if you didn't know it by now, Big Papa Smokers, the one-line, uh, one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue, the number one dealer of Mac Pellet grills in the world, Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition event. Places like the American Royal, the Jack Daniels, the Kingsford Challenge, the Houston Livestock and Rodeos, the King of the Smokers, won them all. Don't think that BPS can just be pigeonholed in a competitive barbecue either. No, no, BPS rubs have become so well-known they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain. That's right, BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse picked them up. In fact, they're using four of the nine BPS rubs. They're on their permanent menu. Amid glowing reviews, folks, BPS rubs have proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa is also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. To find conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farms. Ship right to your door from the American Kobe beef, the Caribou pork, the Double R Ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. They're committed to bringing you the best flavors on the market, the new stuff, the Swamp Boys sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's barbecue sauce. You can buy them all at BigPapaSmokers.com. Big Papa also has created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this within only five years of being in the business. That's right, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and most importantly, benefiting children's charities across the U.S., it continues to be just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. All right. We're going to be back with 2015 inductee to the Barbecue Hall of Fame, multiple-time author, cooking class instructor, TV show host. Wow. Stephen Reichlin coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. If you're looking for a medium-sized one, got you covered there, too. How about something you can take on the tailgates for the football games, the baseball games, the softball games? They got you covered there, too. They can also supply you with pellets as well. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grills. You can love yours, too. Wow. All right, joining me now is a multiple-time author. A multiple-time author. A barbecue show host. A barbecue cooking class instructor. And a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Famer. And the third Tuesday guest of this show each and every month. We race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Stephen Reichlin, joining us. Stephen, how are you? Uh-oh. All right, I don't know what's going on here. That's the, I mean, this is the right name, man. Not sure exactly what the deal is, but... We'll give him a we'll give him a call. I'm gonna tell him to call me. You call me. That's right. Who are you? Tell me you saw Tracy Morgan go back in as Brian Fellow on Saturday Night Live. It's the best. I love it. It's the best. There's no better skit in Saturday Night Live than Tracy Morgan doing Brian Fellow Safari Plant. All right. Uh, joining me now, multiple-time author, cook show instructor, a TV show host. I mean, Barbecue Hall of Famer, by the way. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. Stephen, how are you, buddy? Doing great. Uh, doing absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Appreciate you making time for tonight. And, uh, by the way, as a guy who we've seen on television a number of times, uh, maybe the first or second time we've ever seen you on video on this show. So it's like almost probably like this is like your wheelhouse, right, right in front of the camera. Absolutely. Uh, talking to you from my office. All right. And you are in Miami right now. That's right. Coconut Grove. Do you, uh, do you have a definitive point in time when you say later for the Northeast and you beat it down to the Southeast, or is it like by touch and feel? Nah, normally it's uh, the 30th of October. We leave, uh, leave the Northeast, head down to Miami. This year was a bit early. I just got back from a four-week trip in uh, Europe and North Africa. North Africa? What's, what, yeah. what's happening in North Africa? So I went to Fez, Morocco. I've been, been to Marrakesh many times, which people have read about in my books like Barbecue Bible and Planet Barbecue. Never been to Fez. Fez is a fabulous city. It's a medieval city. Uh, the Medina goes back 1,500 years. Uh, it's a culture and a place with no automobiles. And I cannot tell you how liberating that is. Is, is it? It's liberating because you have to schlep it everywhere you have to go. In a it's sense, liberating because it's so intimate, and you feel such a sense of community. And you can see the sky, 
and you can breathe the air and it's tight, it's dense. It's how people have lived for most of human history except the last, really the last hundred years. Is this a place that you are conceptualizing over a period of time or, or you're in Africa, as you said, to you know some of these other places and you're hearing, oh, next time you're in Africa, go here or go there? I mean, how do you choose this place? I, I, I have always loved Morocco. Uh, been to Marrakesh. I've never been to Fez. Fez is sort of Marrakesh where it was 20 years ago. But um, – to cut to the chase, I mean, for me, all of these trips, the whole travel uh, was about eating and about discovering new dishes, new grilling techniques, new foods. Uh, we spent the last 10 days in Paris, uh, got out before the, uh, the terrible, tragic events, but that was an eating, uh, eating adventure. I was working on a story. It's uh, called Reichland Eats Paris, of my 10 favorite restaurants in Paris. Interestingly... I sort of vowed I would not look for barbecue in Paris, but barbecue found me. Uh, there's a new restaurant called The Beast, opened by a French guy. Uh, the pitmaster is a uh, French-speaking guy from uh, Montreal, and it was terrific. Uh, they have a JNR pit they brought over. Terrific uh, Texas-style barbecue. Uh, do you do you find yourself when you're confronted with a uh, a Southern American or a uh, uh, traditional American-style barbecue restaurant over there, uh, fighting any type of preconceived notions of what to expect. So, you know, you don't – I guess what my, my thought is, and, and am I, I'm, I'm a myopic American, of course, is that if I go out of the country to a traditional American-style barbecue joint, uh, I'm going to be pretty harsh as a critic. And do you find yourself to be the same way when you're confronted with the same thing? You know uh – I've always been the kind of guy that goes into a restaurant and says, I am here to have a great time. Show me what you've got. I've got – I used to be a restaurant critic for a living uh, for Boston Magazine many, many years ago. That's how I got started in the food world. And I had colleagues who would go in saying, you know, I think this is going to be a lousy meal. Prove me wrong. Well, I go in saying, I think this is going to be a great meal. Prove me right. That doesn't say there aren't many disappointments. But – I come into it, I, I try and go to a place with a good attitude. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. Uh, you can find him at barbecuebible.com, uh, the TV show's website, of course, projectsmoke.org. Uh, Stephen, you know, we can certainly talk turkey all day. Uh, we're literally a day or a week and two days away from uh, Thanksgiving. Have you ever considered suggesting something other than turkey for Thanksgiving? I haven't. Uh, you know, I'm a traditionalist, and... Um, not only a by a traditionalist with it, turkey should be the main meat of Thanksgiving, but I am not a partisan of spatchcocking turkey. I think a turkey should be whole. It should be beautiful. It should be the visual centerpiece as well as the gustatory centerpiece. Uh, I do smoke a turkey. I mean, actually, every year I cook a turkey away, uh, and I've done that since I got out of college. But I've sort of settled into brining and then what I call smoke roasting, not straight smoking because what happens if you straight smoke at a low temperature, skin turns to rubber. But if you work at a higher temperature, you get a crisp skin and a wonderful smoky bird. So that's what I do. There Today's is- blog, by the way, just went up on barbecuebible.com, 12 do's and don'ts with turkey. All right, so uh, head on over to barbecuebible.com to get the 12 do's and don'ts. We'll probably hit on those here uh, during the, the segment here. But 
Let me ask you this. When we talk about birds, you go into any grocery store, especially now, you see the huge sections of frozen butterballs and, you know, you name it, turkeys that are out there. There is within the community the, I don't know if it's an argument or a continuing conversation of frozen birds, fresh birds. And I'm wondering what side the UAN uh, weigh in on and why. I'm a fresh bird guy because I believe fresh is always better than frozen. I'm a heritage turkey guy, which means one of those old-timey uh, breeds that may not have the humongous breast, but has a more interesting flavor and texture. Uh, I'm an organic turkey guy. Uh, I do not buy a pre-injected uh, turkey. I do not like to buy, I actually avoid pre-brine turkeys. I'd rather put my own brine in and not pay somebody else uh, the cost of water, you know, buying a, buying a turkey. Uh, but... You know, basically, uh, uh, and, and I say this throughout the show, uh, where your food comes from, how it's raised, matters as much as how you smoke it. And I'd rather spend a little more, eat a little less, or serve meat a little bit less, but know I'm eating really good quality, really clean food. You had mentioned that you're a, a big believer now in brining, and one of the other ongoing conversations uh, when it comes to brining is that it has a tendency to make the meat mushy. So is that a process thing? Is that leaving it in the brine too long? Uh, do you find th that the the texture of the meat can change when you're brining? Well, sure it can change, but I would say the whole key to brining is brining at the right amount of time in the right saturation. Uh, you know, I used to joke that sort of um, when people discover brining, it's a little bit like teenagers and sex. You want to do it all the time. And uh, it, you can overbrine. I mean, brine does sort of make food taste the same if you do it all the time the same way and you do it too much. But uh, for me, I'm looking probably at about a uh, 16 to 18 hour brine. Uh, I'm at three quarters of a cup of salt per gallon of water. It's not excessive. You still have plenty of chew to the meat. Uh, to me, it's lovely. It's not to say I haven't injected turkeys. I have. It's not to say that sometimes I haven't reached my hand under the skin, uh, spread butter, sliced truffles under the skin. I've done that. That produces a great turkey. But I just find myself coming back to the, uh, to the brining method again and again. Do you flip and, and cook breasts down? Do not. At, at any, never at any point in the cook? No. You ever Do done not. that? No, I haven't. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure I have at some point or other, but uh, no, I, I, nah, I uh, breast up. It's a smoke roast. I'm working about maybe 325 to 350. By the way, one thing I do is I cook a relatively small bird. I like like a 12 to 14 uh, pound bird. And if I need more than that, I'd rather cook two birds that size rather than one monster. I think you have more control. Do you find, I'm going to completely diverge off of what I was going to ask you, but you said, you sure. know, big monster. And when I think big monster, I think Christmas. And then I think my mom and I think prime rib. Do you believe in huge prime ribs or do you believe in a, in a similar philosophy of two, you know, small to medium ones to feed the same amount of people versus a big honking seven boner? Oh, that's a good question. Um, because I'm doing a prime rib on a spit, because uh, that's the way I like to do a prime rib, yep. I don't think there's an enormous difference between a seven bone or two three bone or two four bone, except that you lose two ends. But 
the wow power of doing a seven bone and bringing out a whole seven bone uh, is uh, it offsets that second end cut. Uh, so I think it's a little bit different. I guess maybe because it's more cylindrically shaped, but with, with, with a turkey, I mean, they're, if you're at a 22-pound turkey, there's so Oof. much distance between the breast and the center. That's a big, that's a big yeah. bird. That's a big bird. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website, projectsmoke.org as well, if you want to check it out. Uh, I was talking with my middle daughter uh, when we were kind of setting up the, the makeshift studio while we're still in our construction here, and she said, hey, does uh, Paul, which is my father-in-law, does, does Paul eat that stuff inside the turkey that I see you pull out every once in a while? So let me ask you, are you a, a gizzard kind of guy? Will you eat gizzard? Do you make gizzard gravy, or do you just toss that stuff right out? No, I smoke the heart, the gizzard, and the neck uh, right along with the bird, and then use those ingredients to make my smoked turkey stock, which becomes soup. Uh, which actually becomes the jus or the gravy that I serve with the turkey. I also smoke the turkey liver, and that gets ground up with smoked hard-boiled eggs and caramelized onions. becomes a turkey liver pate to serve before uh, the Thanksgiving meal, and we, uh, we always really love that. When it comes to gravy or au jus or, or whatever, when we're talking specifically here about the Thanksgiving meal, do you tend to fare more on the thinner gravy uh, that seems to be making more and more of a, uh, of, a, of a, I don't know if it's a resurgence or a surgence or whatever you want to call it. I mean, when I grew up, it was, you know, kind of thick and kind of, you know, light brown and tasted really good. It was probably really unhealthy, but all of a sudden I'm starting to see a little bit more of a thinner version of this being uh, quite, the, quite the thing to do. Yeah, I'm more a shoe guy than a thick gravy guy. Uh, Stephen, let me ask you, one of the other great things about Thanksgiving is everything else that isn't the turkey. So it's the sides, you, right? You so what, uh, what, what do you like uh, traditionally and uh, perhaps what have you found that might be a little bit more outside the box that you really like? Well, again, I'm a traditionist, traditionalist, uh, you know, stuffing, which I never actually stuff into the turkey because I think it's bad for both the turkey and the stuffing, but I cook it. Uh, in a smoke roasted again in a cast iron skillet. Uh, what we're going to be doing this year, it's a recipe from the new book, the new Project Smoke book, and it's a, uh, a mushroom bread pudding. So you saute exotic mushrooms, chestnuts, uh, then they go in with uh, bread cubes that have been smoked and toasted in a smoker. So you get a little extra smoky flavor, the usual caramelized onions, uh, 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 plenty of smoked turkey broth, and, uh, and eggs. Uh, and that's smoke roasted in a smoker or in your grill. It's fantastic. Um, uh, so that'll be our stuffing. Cranberry sauce. I make one batch of traditional, always from scratch, always with whole uh, cranberries. Try and keep the sugar to a minimum. I add uh, ginger, lots of fresh ginger to it, lemon zest, because I really like to pump it up. And then some years I'll do like a cranberry salsa, you know, with jalapenos and cilantro. That's sort of a nod to kind of a modern approach. What else do we do? We do barbecued onions sometimes. We'll do uh, a smoked cream corn sometimes. Uh, uh, I know our dessert this year is going to be the uh, the bourbon bacon apple crisp that we did on, pro uh, on Project Smoke last year. Uh, that's a real family favorite. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty traditional. The other thing, the other thing that I saw dessert-wise was these. They were like 
whole apples that looks like you would cord out and you were stuffing yeah. like brown sugar and other what is that all about that looked tremendous well remember the baked apple so you hollow it out you stuff it with brown sugar and butter and ground up cookie crumbs or uh, ground up nuts uh, so it's my version of a baked apple except it's uh, cooked in a smoker instead of uh, the oven so it acquires a smoky dimension you know smoke and fruit I mean smoke has this wonderful umami quality and by that I mean it's not it's not the sort of savory salty flavor like you get with an umami food like mushrooms or seaweed but it has the ability to take a familiar food and help and, and let you enjoy it from a different perspective you smoke fruit you're enjoying the sweetness, but there are other qualities to it that you wouldn't get if you're just eating fresh. Stephen, are you a guy that believes that if I put a chicken smoked with applewood and cherrywood and uh, oak, that I could put it down in front of you and you would be able to decipher which species of wood that I would be uh, putting to you, like you could, uh, you know, a, a wine or a, you know, a barbecue sauce or something like that? Uh, very honestly, uh, I don't believe I could. Uh, I think probably if one were smoked with mesquite and one was, were smoked with apple or maple, I could probably pick the mesquite smoke out. But um, smoke is very subtle. And, you know, you, you read a lot, well, cherry gives you a fruity taste and uh, uh, pecan or hickory give you a nutty taste. And uh, I, I'm not sure that that's borne out scientifically. I once tried an experiment, and I smoked this, uh, eight pieces of salmon cured the same way with eight different woods and then tasted them blind. And we did have a preference. Actually, interestingly, the cherry smoked came out, uh, was, was the preferred smoke. They're all different, but to articulate how they're different, that's pretty tough. Stephen, let me ask you one, uh, one quick question. It has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but, yeah. you know— th- there's a certain time maybe that, that you can recall where you realize that like you were one of those guys who could walk the aisles of a grocery store or a market and see one item and then you walk down another way, you see another item and, and all of a sudden it's like you're coming up with something in your head to try. And like I really want to be that guy, but I'm not like I have to go with a list and. You know, because I got to get through the store immediately because I hate shopping. But, you know, it's like you and and all these other food bloggers that I see, like, it almost seems like it would be counterintuitive that you would have any kind of a list that's like you would you just go in there and you start seeing things. Is is that just like a natural thing to you? Is that something you had to work on? Well, it uh, I do tend to think that way. And uh, it's funny. One of my fantasies, you know, I run this barbecue university at the Broadmoor Resort uh, every June. And so my menus there are very planned and the ingredient list and the whole lesson plan, very planned. But I always secretly fantasize that one day my students would, would come to class and they would have done the shopping. And I would walk into the classroom and I would look at what we have and I say, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. It would be a great challenge. It would be a super blast. Of course, that's not why people are paying to come to Barbecue University. But to... Uh, you know, to answer your question, um, I guess that's one of the reasons I got into food writing because I, I sort of think that way. Not to say I don't go to uh, the supermarket with a list. You know, for Thanksgiving, I mean, you know, got a lot of people coming. Got to got to make sure I've got all the bases covered. Stephen Reichlin joins us here on this show every third Tuesday of the month. You can find him at barbecuebible.com. 
uh, the TV show's website, projectsmoke.org. Uh, Stephen, always appreciate the time, and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We'll talk to you again in December. To you, too, and uh, I always enjoy this uh, your thoughtful questions. So thank you. Happy holiday to everybody out there. All right, there he is, Stephen Reichlin, ladies and gentlemen. You can find him at stephenreichlin.com, at barbecuebible.com, at projectsmoke.org. I was binge-watching uh, Stephen's TV show and realized that he did the, the seven-bone prime rib as like the the kuda anyway he made that seven bone prime rib for like the coup de grave the the last tv show of the season holy moly i didn't think he was gonna say do two i mean seven bone the seven boner is very crowd pleasing you know what I'm saying? Seven boner. Folks, the Fast Eddie's by Cookshack Pellet Grill is a smoker and a grill in one. It is a 100% stainless steel wood-burning pellet-fired cooker that uses direct and indirect heat. can get up to 800 degrees. That's right. It's a pellet grill on the market that uses charbroiler technology and the only one that does. It features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations that shrink and dry meat. A pellet grill can barbecue, bake, roast, sear, and smoke. Cook Shack has two models of pellet grills. The PG-1000 features a fully insulated double wall rolled hood for superior heat retention, fuel savings, and maximum cooking performance. The PG-500 features a two-way swing lid, pellet drop, and utensil holder. The PG-500 and 1000 have many great features, including 784 square inches of cooking space, easy side loading pellet hopper. Fully automated wood pellet feed system. Stainless steel cooking grates on the direct zone that produce killer-looking sear marks. Nickel-plated grills on the indirect and top racks. How about a drip bucket or a pellet ash drawer? 100% stainless steel construction. It's got a... that has a warming drawer. It's got 40 pounds of Cook Shack hickory pellets that come with it. And the best thing of all, a 30-day use-it-all-you-want money-back guarantee. And if you don't like it, ship it back. You get your money back. Who's doing that? Who's telling you use it for 30 days and if you don't like it, after you cook on it, you can bring it back. You can't even walk on shoes and bring it back one day later. It's a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipes, including fajitas, ribs, chicken to steaks, dessert sides, large cuts of meat. It can do it all, including cold smoking. Grilling with wood pellets penetrates the food with an intense smoky flavor, giving you that wood flavor and smoke that you're looking for because, hey, when you cook with wood pellets, the fuel is consistent and the smoke is more flavorful. For recipes and how-to videos, check out CookShack's YouTube channel or go to the cooking guide on their website, cookshack.com. You can call them 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. You can order yours today. Again, that's the PG-500 or the PG-1000. You choose which one fits you best. Try it out for 30 days, and if you don't like it, get your money back. Who's doing that? Nobody's doing it. No other grill maker on the market is telling you, Buy this grill, try it for 30 days, and if you don't like it, we'll give you your money. You tell me who's doing that. Nobody. That's who's doing it. Nobody. Cambro. What? Cambro, bro. Coming up next. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke, call 800-423-0698. 
877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Stephen Reichlin. This portion of the show is being brought to you by iGrill, makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers. Monitor the temperature of whatever you're cooking from up to 100 feet away. Using your iOS or Android device, you can get 15% off your order when you use promo code CENTRAL at checkout. That's promo code CENTRAL, iDevicesInc, I-N-C, iDevicesInc.com. That's good folks over at iGrill. Don't forget, we're going to be doing a giveaway starting next month for uh, the first three weeks of next month. So that's like even more exciting. Everybody loves free stuff. My next guest is with a company that many of you competitors and caterers are either using or have used for years. You need to keep something warm. I think we will get all of the bases covered in this interview tonight. Let's go ahead and head over to the hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, Kathy Vu, who is the marketing manager from Canberra. The phone is ringing. We're having a little... art. Hello. Here's Kathy. Kathy, how are you? Hi, this is Greg. This is Greg. This is me. Hey, how are you? I'm doing very well, Kathy. I appreciate you joining me this evening to talk a little about Cambro. If you could, before we get into the the Cambro specifics, uh, maybe a little bit about you and and how you and Cambro uh, came to get together. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, So I joined Cambro about four years ago. Actually, this month it's going to be exactly four years. And uh, before I got to Cambro, I was actually uh, running my own restaurant and catering business back on the East Coast in Cambridge, actually. And uh, I used to do a lot of catering to the MIT community there around the Technology Square area. And I had my own restaurant that we based out of. But long story short, I expanded my business, came out to California um, to expand that business up to Silicon Valley. And uh, I did that for a few years up there before I got burned out in the food business. And um, one day I just saw an ad that Canberra was looking for a marketing manager and uh, I was all excited. I was like, oh my God, Canberra, these are the exact items that I used when I was doing catering. So of course I knew about the brand already. And so to me, it was a natural gravitation towards this uh, wonderful brand. And, uh, and then of course, long story short again, here I am at Canberra four years later and I'm currently managing the insulated transport category for the company as well as wear washing too. So if you have any questions about those two products, definitely, you know, I'm happy to help out with that. Kathy Vu joining me here on the show. Cambro, C-A-M-B-R-O, Cambro.com is the website if you want to check it out here while we're uh, chatting it up this segment. You know, Kathy, a lot of folks in our industry, barbecue and grilling, of course, know Cambro as the product that keeps food warm and safe. But, you know, when you really dig into the history of Cambro back in 1951 when it started, you know, it was about making a great hospital meal tray, and I can't imagine that the the founders, <laughs> when they you know originally started this, they would have ever foreseen the success Cambro is experiencing present day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the company started 1951 uh, with two brothers, William and Argyle Campbell, so hence the name Cambro came from there. The Campbell bro- Bros, the Campbell brothers. So that's where Cambro came from, um, and I think. The founding, uh, the founder right now uh, is actually uh, the son of the original William 
Campbell, who also is named Argyle Campbell. So Argyle is his uncle, but the current president is also Argyle. So I think if the two original founders were still alive today to witness what's happened to their company some 64 years later, they would be really amazed uh, at our transformation. What started off as a single product, the cam tray, has evolved over 64 years um, to to us being able to produce between 12,000 to 14,000 uh, different products, different SKUs right now. You know, we've, we've um, grown from being the cam tray to healthcare meal delivery solutions. We have table service, displays, storage products, uh, shelving line. We have three different shelving lines merchandising, um, wear washing, and insulated transport. So the company has definitely grown by leaps and bounds, and I think a lot of that has to do with the leadership of the company. He's an excellent president with a great vision, and uh, Campbell has always been a company who has uh, produced over the years uh, with, a, with, a, with an eye on quality, efficiency, and food safety for all of our products. So everything is designed with these three core values in place. And I think that's pretty much been the success of the company and why we've lasted all this time in a very competitive industry in food service equipment. Kathy, I'm going to diverge here just for one second. I'm getting an instant message question from somebody that I highly respect. And I'm going to take you back to the Cambridge, Massachusetts days. Uh, have you ever partaken in a, a drink or a piece of food at a bar called the Can Tab in Cambridge? The can't have. No, I don't believe I have, actually. All right. I mean, there's got to be plenty. It's a college town, right? I mean, you can't get through them all. Uh, Kathy, let me ask you this. You're selling into, I think, seven or so different market segments currently. So how does Cambro evaluate taking on a new market? Um, well, you know, we're in different segments right now. Uh, we're in healthcare. We're in hospitality. We're in uh, colleges and universities. Um all kinds of uh, chain chain accounts and things like that. I think the important thing for us is to be able to maintain our core vision, which is always to stick to food service, because I know some of our competitors, they have um, actually diversified into all kinds of product lines or they've bought on companies uh, that have nothing to do with food service, you know, whether it's sanitation or, or tires and all other things you know, industries basically to build up their portfolio. But Campbell has always been a company who is very, um, how should I say, determined to stick to the one vision that we're good at, which is always going to be food service. So I think up to today, any company that we choose to work with, as long as we know that we're able to help um, achieve the efficiency and the quality in their food service operation, those are the companies that we'd like to partner with. From your perspective, you know, looking inwards, obviously you're attached because it's your employer, but have you ever seen, you know, internal struggles where, because look, I mean, you want to make money, you want to be successful, you want to grow. Has there ever been any thought about, you know, maybe uh, taking that road that you were talking about with other companies, you know, buying other companies that have nothing to do with this or that? And really, it's got to be tough to stick to that core vision all the time, but it it seems like it's uh, doing you guys quite a bit of success. Um, no, I don't believe that our president will ever deviate from that uh, philosophy of his. And I think that's one of the reasons why we will continue to be successful, you know, for the next 50, 60 years to come, probably with the next generation of, of Campbell that's coming up to take over the company eventually. But um, that will always be the core vision. And, and I think those will be the marching orders going forward.
Kathy Vu joining me here on the show. Cambro.com is the website if you want to check it out. Uh, let's get a little barbecue specific since, uh, you know, that's kind of the audience that we're broadcasting to tonight, sure. Kathy. You know, high level, how does the Cambro product do what it do? Well, I think, first of all, our insulated transport products is what we're really well known for. So when we talk about caterers and people in the barbecue business and they say, oh, you know, my Cambro this and this Cambro that, the Cambros that they're referring to, although we have 14,000 different products, the Cambros are inadvertently always going to be insulated transport products that they're referring to. So I think um, one of the successes of our product is in the way that the, the product is made. And let me share a little bit with our listeners today. Um, our insulated transport products are actually made using two different processes. The first one is called rotational molding, where very high temperature is used to melt the polyethylene in a mold. So it's, it's introduced to extremely high temperature in a mold, and there's a huge machine with, with six different rotating arms that actually, under the high heat, melts everything, and it coats the, the mold. And it comes out to one giant hollow piece, which then gets injected with a CFC-free polyurethane foam, which gives it the strength and the insulation that the product needs. The second process is called the uh, structural web injection molding, and that's a different process altogether. So in that, very high, um, very high uh, pressure is used to inject this resin into a mold, which then gets melted, and then it coats the, uh, the mold to come out with two different, actually, pieces, an inner cavity and an outer cavity. These two cavities then get sonically welded together, and then they get injected with the CFC foam. So because it produces two different, we produce two different processes, some of the products that are very popular in barbecue, such as our UPC 400, for instance, the UltraPan Carrier 400 model, we actually have two versions of that carrier using the two different processes. So basically, you might ask me, well, why would a company be producing the exact same similar product? You know, what's the point of that? Well, there's two different, there's differences in the two products inherently. So first of all, with the UPC 400, that's our ultra pan carrier, they both actually hold four four-inch deep GN food pans. And the UPC 400 um, actually has a gasket around it. So a lot of the barbecue people actually really swear by this. They love having the gasket there. It insulates the product very well. It keeps everything inside very nicely uh, heated inside without any electricity whereas the UPCS actually doesn't have a gasket around the door. It's actually uh, molded in with a self-venting door. So that, that means the vent actually is built into the design of the door, so therefore no gasket is needed. So a lot of competitors like this because, you know, they don't want to be losing gaskets. It's one less replacement part to deal with, etc. The UPC 400 also has no menu clip on it, whereas the UPCS has a menu clip. So to some competitors, that's an important thing, to be able to identify what's inside your product without having to open and close the door often. Also, the UPCS, which is the, uh, the structural web model, you can easily take the door off. So for cleanability purposes, a lot of caterers like that because at the end of an event, they'll come back, they'll hose the whole unit down, take off the door, and, and um, basically just insert the door within the, uh, the compartment. So to them, that signifies that the unit is ready to go for the next event, and it's, 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 it's ready. Um, the advantage of having of actually choosing the UPC 400 over the UPC S 400 
is that in the UPC 400, if you're a long-range caterer, um, it gives you the flexibility of down the road switching or retrofitting the door to a heated door, which the UPCS 400 version cannot do. So there's actually pros and cons to each of the models. So, you know, I would welcome the barbecue competitors out there to try each one to see which is better suited for their purposes. All right, talk to and me. Then, of course, talk to me about a yes. heated door. What? How do you? How do you heat a door? Well, the door actually has a built-in heater in it, so that's oh. something separate that you would buy after the fact uh, to retrofit the door. You would just change out the entire door and buy a new heated door to put onto your unit. But at least with the UPC 400, which is the rotational molded uh, uh, carrier, you're able to do that. Whereas the UPC S 400, which is the structural web molded product you don't have the capability of doing that. So there's definitely some inherent differences and pros and cons to both products. Can you talk to me about price points on these, just in a general sense? Um, well, let's see. The list price of the UPC 400 is going for roughly about $565 list. But, of course, Cambro, we go to distribution. We don't sell directly to uh, our end users or our customers. So if you're going to a distributor, um, they'll typically take off another 30 to 40% discount off of the price. So you're maybe looking at, you know, very low $300 price point for the UPC 400, whereas the UPC S 400, maybe after the discount is down to about, you know, $300, $310. So you're maybe talking about like a $30, $40 difference. There's not that much difference, actually. So again, it depends upon which convenience factors are better for your operation. In regards to the dealers, uh, do you have, uh, I guess, w what one would refer to as a, a robust or extensive dealer network, or is that something that is continually trying to, to be ramped up? And, and where can I find them? Is it a restaurant oh, supply the, store or what? We yeah, we have dealers and distributors all over the country and, and globally as well. So anywhere you are in the world, we definitely can help you with that. You're looking at your restaurant depots, your Smart and Finals, um, Trimark Economy, you know, every state has, has their local dealers, and all of these dealers carry Campbell products um, without any problems. But it also, if you'd like to find dealers and distributors, you can always jump onto our website, too. We have a, a locator function on there that will help you if you put your zip code in or click onto the geographic area in the U.S. or anywhere in the world. It'll come up with a list of, of people that you can contact to get Campbell products from. Kathy, let me ask you two quick questions before I let you go tonight, and I appreciate the time. Uh, one, and I know this is really barbecue-specific, and especially competitors, you know, once they get their food off, they get it into the Cambro. A lot of these guys mm -hmm. like to stick um, uh, remote thermometer temperature probes in the meat just so they can continually track it. Uh, are right. there any models that are available where you can go in through the side of a unit versus putting that wire in through uh, through the seal and, you know, potentially denting the seal because you're kind of compressing everything together? Um, there's no units, actually. All of the units, the UPC has the gasket. The, soft, the gasket is very soft, so you're not even going to be damaging anything. And the wire probes that come out of the uh, gasket is not an issue at all. We've never had any issues with that whatsoever. So the electric units, I think... Well, see, again, it depends on what you're using. You're using the unit for barbecue purposes. But again, you have to ask yourself, are you a backyard barbecue enthusiast or are you a commercial barbecue, you know, um, operator here? So I think for the backyard enthusiast, you're probably going to be okay with just a passive unit. 
because your food coming out of the smoker or wherever is already going to be really inherently hot. So the camera unit is going to be is designed to hold food uh, for four plus hours without an issue. Whereas if you're a commercial uh, operator, you definitely want to be able to monitor your internal temperature of your food to make sure that it's at food safe temperatures. So um, I think usually when, when people smoke meat, it's usually in a, it has an internal temperature range of about maybe 190 to 200 degrees, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not much of a, a barbecue person myself. I'm just still learning about it. But I've learned a lot through speaking and interviewing um, the professor of meat science at the Texas A&M uh, University there, where they actually have a whole department on meat science. And they teach a program on barbecuing and grilling and everything that you need to know about different cuts of meats and smoking and things like that. So I've picked up a lot of tips and, and things through this professor. He's really, really a great guy. Um, and I've also learned that they're using our cameras for the smoking process in the resting time. So it's really important after you cook and smoke the product to let the product actually rest because this is when the juices get reabsorbed into the meat and the meat stays moist. So they use the cameras a lot for that. They just actually put like maybe some butcher paper around the meat to seal it and protect it a little bit. Then they let the meat rest for a few hours in one of our Cambro uh, passive units. And the, the, you know, the pulled pork, et cetera, it, it comes out really nicely, fork tender and moist and delicious. And um, that's what he told me. So that's what I want to, you know, relay back to your listeners there. Kathy Vu joins me here from Cambro. Again, the website, cambro.com. Kathy, really appreciate the time tonight, the history lesson and the product stuff. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You got it. There she is. It is Kathy Vu from Cambro. Breaking it all down when it comes to holding food. I mean, who doesn't know or have heard? Of, I thought, like, I think, I believe, I know there's other holding products out there, right? I think that's safe to say. But Cambro has, like, the Kleenex name of food holding devices. I think offhand people would just say throw it in the Cambro. And maybe they don't even have one, but, you know, that's like, that's the name hold that they have on. All right, folks, let me talk to you about Suckle Busters, the award-winning line of rubs, sauces, chili kits, Texas gunpowder, preferred by competition barbecue cooks, Texas-based, 100% made in the USA. Products have won hundreds of industry awards, including two first places at the American Royal Sauce Contest. That's the World Series of Barbecue, by the way, if you've never heard of it. We've been giving away Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce for months on this show because, quite frankly, it's a great product. It's a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. It's super sweet, not spicy, super red. They use special American paprika for that bright red color. You brush it on the last 5 to 10 minutes of cooking. It leaves a glossy red sheen on the meat. But more importantly, or just as importantly, adds an extra layer of sweet flavor. Take those competition ribs and chicken to a whole nother level. Available at local barbecue stores or online at SuckleBusters.com if you would like to try a bottle of SuckleBusters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. You email me right now, Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. That's Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. And in the subject line, put Cambro, C-A-M-B-R-O, Cambro. You could win a bottle of 
Suckle Buster's Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. Thanks to Dan Arnold and the folks over at Suckle Busters, 972-393-9509. Sales at SuckleBusters.com is the email address or the website, SuckleBusters.com. Take it to a Email John Dawson, yo bro, I've not used any Cambro insulated storage boxes, but their other products, like their storage containers, hold a solid spot in my kitchen. That's John Dawson weighing it. Loving the Cambro stuff. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, we are going to be right back. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. 216-220-0966. Thanks again to Kathy Vu from Cambro. Look, not a competitor expert, of course, but she's the expert on those products. So if you have any questions, feel free to give her a shout. She's gonna help you out. Winning the sauce is uh, Kevin Glenn. Good for you, Kevin. I see you have your uh, mailing address already locked and loaded for me. Thank you. You win, Kevin. You win! I'll get that over to Dan Arnold, and uh, you will enjoy the sauce. Give me a uh, heads up once you get it. Let me know what you think of it when you try it out. All right, we're going to reload here for the second hour. Lots to get to. Second takes. If you want to jump in, more than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. You can email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Rennie Kanaw for ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? (laughs) You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. Delicious, Lavernius. Shake the I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Hello. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. It is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. If you didn't know, I'm the aforementioned Greg Rampy. Happy to have you. Thank you. Whoa. Hi. Hey. Hello. 
If you want to jump in, 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. I want to spill the beans here. We may, may, and it depends on how much I like centralites, we may be giving away a whole bone-in Carabuda pork ham from Snake River Farms in an upcoming show. Or not. But maybe. You never know. You never know who wants to give stuff away. We'll do the giveaway if I get four hams, if I can give away one. If it's free, it's me! Rule three in the show. I will keep you abreast of that potential contest as well. So we could have a ham giveaway next month. We could have, or not could, but we will have three new iGrill 2s to give away over the course of three weeks in the first three weeks of December. So all you have to do is brush up on the following. Cheese, text fonts, rehabilitation centers, wine, Sports stars and porn stars. Wow. You are going to be very, very excited. In one way or another. Some of those studying tips are going to be a little more titillating than others. That said it. Show tonight. Next segment, uh, Brett Galloway. We're going to be talking steak cook-off association stuff. And at 10.35, my mom will reveal what she appears uh, or uh, what she believes to be a stupendous Thanksgiving day dinner for you to include a entree, a dental, and uh, perhaps an appetizer or something along these lines. So. Uh, Actually, I can tell you exactly what she's going to do. We're going to roast turkey. We're going to do a side, and we're going to do a dessert. So, you know, to me, Thanksgiving, you know, forego all of the appetizer, you know, crap stuff. No, no, no. Bring out the bird, and let's roll from there, right? Hell yeah. Five minutes talking about beef tallow, and Greg says porn star. you damn right I did. I said it. All right, let's get this lined up here, too. Is this right? Can I use this? Uh, am I? Yeah. Okay. Big old funk. Kingwa. All right, here we go. Yeah, I like that. I can get with it. Y'all can get with this. Because you know we're going to do the weekly barbecue roundup. Uh, This is going to cover the weekend of November 13th. We're going to start with the KCBS. The Richland Charbroil Challenge. Richland, Virginia. Winning that one, Smokehouse Mafia with a 693.0. We also have Smoke on the Harbor Barbecue Throwdown in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Winning that one, Smoke Central Barbecue with a 674.7. We also have the Smokin' Up the Saddle Club. It is a GBC qualifier in Chatsworth, Georgia. Under the radar, Tennessee wins it with a 695.9. 
How about the Indio California State Barbecue Championship in Indio, California? Winning that one. Who could that be? Iowa Smokey D. 698.8. Congratulations to uh, Darren and Sherry on another win. I was going to say, we should just keep playing. All right, let's head on over to Texas, shall we? Everybody loves Texas. First, the IBCA, International Barbecue Cookers Association. Six cookoffs this past weekend. Full reporting, Laredo's Big Bad Cookoff, Laredo, Texas, 92 teams. Panther Creek wins that one. That's five grand championships in two months for him. OTP, Barbecue Cookoff, Richmond, Texas, winning that one after party. Gobble Cookoff, Lake Jackson, Texas, winning that one, Sons of Barbecue. Billy the Kid Barbecue in Hico, Texas. Maybe it's Hico. It is Hico. Winning that one, Rockin' W Smokers. Now we'll go to Texas Gulf Coast. Zero reporting. Two took place, though. So there was some stuff, but forget it. LSBS, Lone Star Barbecue Society, three cookoffs, two reporting. Cooking for Courage, Magnolia, Texas, winning that one, Hot Damn Cookers. And Smokey and the Bandits Barbecue and Stock Car Racing in Kyle, Texas, winning that one, Flying G. That's going to do it for Texas. Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association. The Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association held its awards banquet in Portland, Oregon this past Saturday and awarded the following for the 2015 season. Let's go individual meats. Winning pork. Tom Wallen dances with smoke. Winning brisket this year in Pacific Northwest. Who's this? I don't know if I've ever heard of this person. Who is this lady? It's Centralite Diane Me Lakehouse Barbecue. Wow. Look at that. All right, uh, now we'll move to chicken. Look at this. Diane Me Lakehouse Barbecue. What? That's two. Hey, third. Uh, or fourth, I'm sorry. Let's go to ribs. Who's winning ribs? Anybody got a guess? Anybody guess? Anyone? Bueller? Diane Me Lakehouse Barbecue. What? Folks, in case you're counting, that is three of the four individual meat categories won by one of your favorite Centralites and mine, Lakehouse Barbecue's pitmaster, Diane Me. Wow. Insane. All right, team of the year overall. Coming up in third place, John and Rana McGee. Wine Country Q. There you go. Second place overall, Pacific Northwest. The three out of four meat category winner, Diane Mee, Lakehouse Barbecue. And taking team of the year in Pacific Northwest, Tom Wallen dances with smoke. Look at these guys. Congratulations. That's going to do it for your weekly barbecue roundup. If I may, was anybody paying attention when I said that Centralite Diane Me and the Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association won three of the four meat categories? I'm no mathematician, but she was 25% away from sweeping it all. 
Which, of course, begs the question. What's with the brisket game day? Come on now. Step it up. Before we move into the first interview segment of the second hour, let me recount the fact that I got to hang with barbecue royalty this past Friday right here in Cleveland. Lorne Hill from the Smokin' Hills. You know him as the 2015 World Food Champion. In Cleveland, also got to finally meet in person and hang with President and CEO of MMA Creative and the creator slash CEO of the World Food Championships, Mike McLeod, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city for the fabulous food show this past weekend. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Pickwick and Frolic on East 4th Street downtown. It is such a great restaurant, great ambiance, great food, so much to do down there. It's kind of like a self-contained fun house. Within that facility, you have a comedy club, you have a martini bar, you have a cabaret show, you have uh, the restaurant that we ate at, all in the same place. So, you know, as I always say, if you come to Cleveland and you're just looking for a nice casual, little more than casual place to hang for the night, Pickwick and Frolic is the place to go. But I uh, had a great time talking with Lauren, meeting these guys in person picking their brain on a lot of off-the-record stuff, securing some things for next year with some great organizations. Very fun, very exciting, but uh, humbling to me that I can uh, spend a a handful of hours with a Mike McLeod and a Lauren Hill uh, right here in my hometown. So uh, congratulations to Lauren again for the big win at WFC and for uh, coming up to the Fabulous Food Show. And uh, thanks to Mike McLeod for uh, sitting down and breaking me in person. Uh, That can be a task. I got to admit it. It can be. Next week, we're going to get to a take that just might put some people off. That's all I got to say about that. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. That's right. If you've been thinking about automatic temperature control, temperature technology automatically, don't look anywhere else. The Guru is the place you want to stop it. They created this technology. Don't buy from anybody else, and I'm commanding you. Don't do it. If you're a busy working professional like me, or if you are on the run with kids doing errands and you don't have the time to sit around and tend those pit temperatures, I get it. I'm living it every day with you. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, or all of that, depending on how big your cooker is. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. The Guru maintains that temperature you set it at. If you're a big geek and you love the tech, might I suggest the CyberQ Wi-Fi. You can connect it to your smart device, whatever that might be. You can monitor right from your bed or right from your motorhome or from a hotel room 20,000 miles away. You can see your internal temperatures. You can make pit temperature adjustments if you're cooking too slow you can ramp it up if you're cooking too fast you can ramp it down maybe you don't need that much tech you can take a look at the party queue for a $149 for most cookers it's the easiest point of entry for automatic pit temperature control devices runs on AA batteries and it can go from a bunch of different cookers to a bunch of different cookers referred to by me as the hooker of automatic pit temperature control device 
If you're in the market for a cooker, look at the Onyx oven. You're going to be happy that you did. You know it's going to accommodate and work seamlessly with any of the Barbecue Guru temperature control devices. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions, don't guess. Call them. 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU. Or the website, thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back right after this. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one quality wood pellet resource. For all your pellet-driven cookers, you got the Fast Eddies, you got the Green Mountains, you got the Traegers, you got the Black Olives, you got the Mac Grills. If it's pellet, they can hook you up. You can also purchase Amazon.com as well. Cookinpellet.com is the main website, Amazon.com. Sometimes Amazon blows them out. My brother just got 80 pounds of pellets from them. And they were on, like, you know, super four-hour special pricing or whatever. So check them out. You know, you've been hearing more and more about the events my next guest puts on. Not really expensive, growing in popularity, to say the least. And by the way, who doesn't love a great steak, right? Of course. So let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome in Brett Galloway from the SCA. Brett, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Brett, appreciate you making time for the show and uh, been uh, looking to, to get you on here for a little bit. So let's go ahead and get right after it. In regards to, well, let, let me, before I guess we get into the SCA, you know, a little background about you. Are you uh, a, a griller slash barbecuer, you know, growing up? Is this something you kind of find a passion for later in life? No, you know, when I was a kid, my, uh, you know, I thought my mom was caging because everything was black, and it turned out she just couldn't cook. And so my dad spent all his time outside at the grill. So I learned to grill from my dad, you know, as a kid growing up and um, just had a love for it and got into restaurants. And I saw a television show one day, and I said, well, I could do that. And my wife made a mistake and said, sure, you can. And so I entered, and, you know, that's kind of how I got into our first competition cook. You know, we didn't do very well, but we had a great time. and. I was hooked. In regards, I guess, specifically to SCA, uh, is this something that you created on your own? Is it something that was existing that you picked up and kind of took it across the goal line? What's the genesis of that? You know, there wasn't a a sanctioning body for steak cook-offs. And I started in steak, and there was only five or six of them around the country. And there just wasn't much to compete in. And then um, we're on our way home from events that, you know, didn't go as well as we thought it should have went just as a competitor. And um, we're like, man, we should start something. And, of course, the next day we sobered up and the Crown Royal wore off. Wore off and we uh, talked about it later and we decided, you know what, this is something we need to do. And just because every event was different, the rules were different. You'd have different steaks. We got to one event and you're supposed to cook ribeyes. And we got there and they said, well, we're cooking sirloins today because it was cheaper. 
well, I didn't pay to enter a sirloin cook-off. So it's just the little things. And, you know, we started it and the founder of it, Ken Phillips, was on my cook team. And he thought I was a little crazy at first, but uh, he is he is a 100% supporter. And, you know, together we've kind of brought it this far and we've got had some very great support from, you know, I think he was on your show, Brad, from Grow Greats. Um, you know, he's be, been a big supporter of us and, you know, they've got guys like that and PK grills that are putting extra money into events. So now, you know, teams are competing generally any weekend for at least a thousand dollar first place. But on top of that, they win 500 from grill grates at 10 of our events. Brett Galloway joining me here on the show, founder of the Stay Cookoff Association, the website staycookoffs.com. If you want to check it out here while we're talking during the segment. Uh, Brett, if you could give me an overview of how a SCA event uh, would normally run. You know, our events are one-day events. So you're going to show up in the morning uh, between 8 and 10 o'clock. You'll set up your team's camp. And most of our events are in smaller areas or it's not necessarily – you don't need a motorhome, a 30-foot motorhome to cook a 16-ounce ribeye. So teams will set up 8 to 10, generally under a 10-by-10 awning with a grill, a chair, and you know, a couple chairs, an ice chest, and a, a table. So Brett, at 10 o'clock, we do a cook's meeting. We do a steak selection. Uh, and then 1 o'clock, we do one of our four side categories. You either do wings or appetizers, burgers, or our one-bite challenge. 3 o'clock, you turn in your competition steak. And by 4.30, we're doing awards. About 4.41, we're driving home. Brett Galloway joining me here on the show. Uh, Brett, let me ask you, uh, I'm going to diverge off the question, but it's funny you kind of said, you know, you can show up. It's a one-day event. You bring your ice chest. It, it's pretty minimalistic as it uh, as you describe it, which is exactly what competition barbecue was like, you know, 25 and 30 years ago. So, I mean, do you ever look and, and kind of fast forward 10, 15 <laughs> years from now and wondering if people are going to be showing up to the SEA events and 30-foot motorhomes and, you know, $55,000 grills? <laughs> We see it happen. I mean, I've got a, you know, I've got a 28 foot trailer that I took to events at the end, but really it's not necessary. And it's, you know, I understand the equipment involved in barbecue. Now I'm, I'm a competitive barbecue cooker as well. I just, what I hope is in 25 years, there's still steak cook-offs out there because it's more of a social atmosphere as far as engaging the public than barbecue is. Um, you just have a little more, you have more free time because when you're cooking a steak, honestly, it's a six to eight minute proposition. You know, you'll start your fire an hour ahead, but there's a lot of time for socializing. So teams will walk around, talk to each other. But the biggest key is they're talking to the public, you know, and guys will come by here, try this, taste that. And I think if we lose that part of what we do, you know, we may be in trouble and it may not be around that long, but that's, you know, right now that's a huge part of what we do. And, that's why I think it's growing and it's catching on. Brett, in a lot of the competition barbecue sanctioning bodies, inevitably you hear a lot of grumbling and moaning about judging. So uh, talk to me about mm-hmm. judging for the SEA. Uh, how are you teaching it? What are you telling them to look for? Because in the end, we're dealing with human beings, whether we like it or not, right? Absolutely. Um, well, in our, our system, there's only two people that teach our classes for the certified judges, we do have certified judges now. Um, Ken and I, Ken's the, we call him the mayor. He's the other partner of SCA, and um, we teach these classes. So they're all these certified judges are getting information from the same people. 
we realize down the line that's not going to be possible. That, but right now we can disseminate all the inf- the same exact information to them. And, you know, it, it's judged on taste. And I can't tell you what a great steak tastes like to you. I mean, that's ultimately your flavor profile. Um, texture, well, they taste texture two ways. They physically cut a bite of that steak and they actually eat, and then they eat the steak. So they're tasting texture two ways. Um, taste texture doneness. We set medium as our standard for doneness. Now, it is a challenge because most guys are going to cook it medium rare, rare at home. Um, but medium, a warm pink center, is the easiest criteria to judge against. And we have pictures. We show that we show the teams at our cooks meetings. We show the judges, so everybody's on the same page. Um, taste texture doneness appearance. How pretty is that steak? And that has nothing to do with grill marks. God bless Brad Barrett and his incredible product. I use it. Um, our teams use it. But, you know, it's grill marks aren't part of your score. It's when you look at that steak, what is your desire from 2 to 10 to eat that steak? You know, a steak cooked in a cast iron skillet is just as beautiful as a steak with grill marks, in my opinion. Is but it's really a is it the same? Is it the same thing as saying that in a KCBS event that uh, garnish is optional? But we both know there's no way in hell anybody to KCBS contest isn't going to put garnish in that box. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, you're, well, you're going to put uh, you're going to put grill marks on a steak. Most of the time, you're right, but they are. I've seen guys finish second that are cooked in a cast iron skillet. I didn't have a winner last year, but it's just a matter of time because it they're just as pretty. And you know, human nature does keep the grill marks on there, of course. Um, but you know, our last category is overall impression. It's basically when you're done eating that steak, how do you feel? You know, our two to ten on that, and we use a decimal in our system. It breaks our ties. We don't. It's very rare we have ties. Um, we're real happy with the system, and it's you know something we started when we started. It was a the system wasn't real fair at all, and we think we've got a very fair system for the judges or for the uh, teams now. Brett Galway, proud of our system. Brett Galway joining me here on the show, founder of the State Cookoff Association. Stakecookoffs.com is the website. In regards to the temperature benchmark that you were just talking about, you shoot for medium, which is kind of that uh, warm pink center. Medium rare has been, I guess, scientifically proven to yield the most flavorful and juicy steak across the temperature range. So uh, I guess when, when you're looking at a, at a judging perspective, how do you d- derive medium versus the temperature that has been proven to, to give you the best flavor and, and juiciness? Uh, I've tasted some great medium steaks. I prefer medium rare myself, but as far as the judging to... Is it is it like a safety thing because medium rare can trend more to rare versus yeah. medium to trend more to medium rare? Because I get it like it's almost like a like a restaurant type of a thing where you order a, a medium steak, but you know it's going to come more towards medium rare because once it gets past medium, you can never bring a steak back down, but you can always bring it back up. Well, you, you're going to have a lot of you're going to have carryover cooking, and you know depending where you're at and the temperature outside, that steak's going to continue to cook after you put it in the box. So generally, if someone turns in a medium rare, it's about medium by the time it's judged. You know, and it's a quick process. It doesn't sit around. The old days, steaks would sit there, and I cooked one of the best cold steaks in the country, evidently, because I was <laughs> doing great. But I knew I knew that steak. I was at one event, and I was four minutes into the turn-in window, and we do a set turn-in window, but 
um, Ken always turned in our steaks for us, and we were the 42nd steak sitting on that table. How long do you think it took before the judges ever got to my steak? Oof, a loo. Half hour at least. <laughs> wow. At least, at least. And that was the old system. You know, with our system now, we can have five steaks flying at once if it's X amount of teams. If it hits over that, then we're running two tables. We have 10 steaks at a time being judged. So our steaks are hot and fresh. I mean, it's the it's the hottest they can be. And, you know, we take, we've taken measures to assure that because it's, you want that state judged hot and fresh. What's the cost for a team to get into an event? Uh, generally it's a, a dollar 50, buck 50, $150, however you want to say it. That's 150 entry. Now your stakes are included in that as well. So, you know, you don't have to go out and buy anything with it. You can come with your rugs and your grill grates and your grill and go at it. And generally, your first place is a thousand dollars. Second's five, and just goes down from there. We'll pay five to ten places, depending on the event and the promoter. How many events will you have in the upcoming calendar year? Uh, we should have eighty to a hundred this year. We had forty-six events here in twenty fifteen. I've got sixty-four, I think sixty-five or so, already on the calendar for this next year, and it's. I took three calls from new events today. So it's it's just growing and it's exciting because it's a lot of fun. Does your competition season run like the, the, the traditional calendar year and the competition calendar year run the same? No, we just had our championship on the 24th of October. So our first event is actually December 5th. That starts our new calendar year. All right. So uh, kind of like competition barbecue, you uh, you run a fairly long uh, a fairly long calendar, if you will. Uh, you ever thought about kind of tightening it up a little bit? Uh, well, after this year, I did. <laughs> it was uh, We're going to have them <laughs> 12 months in 2016, and it may end up we have to tighten them up a little bit, but with the amount of events out there, and I've had people calling me since the championship on the 24th saying, man, why haven't we had events? And I thought people were tired of cooking. I thought, man, we could all use a little break here. And They've been blowing my phone up. Man, we need something to do. I'm going crazy at the house. Brett, do you see well, SCA and someone, let's say, like a, a KCBS or an FBA or, or the Texas mm-hmm. group or, or all of the above having, I guess for lack of a better term, a, a dual event? So SCA event on a Friday and then the mm-hmm. uh, barbecue event that you're going to on Saturday. Or, or do you see the future having to be in standalone contests in order to to really give you brand singular focus? No, I think it works both ways. I mean, 60% of our events are solo events this year, or were in 2015. Um, And the rest were, we've done them with FBA, KCBS, um, IBCA, Lone Star, MDN. So we've done them with a lot of different organizations. And it works well on a Friday night because, it gives guys something to do Friday. I know, you know, we're all prepping on dreaded chicken, you know, but we're working on chicken and brisket and getting everything ready, but you've got time on Friday. And so we've done them on Friday nights. We return in then we'll, we have them judge Friday nights and, you know, it gives them something to do. We can actually announce awards on Friday. We've also done them an hour after brisket on Saturday, you know, and that just allows regular dedicated steak teams to come out and compete as well. Because you're a competitive barbecuer, do you chat up, you know, some of those super promoters of barbecue like uh, like a Ronnie Cates or, you know, people along those lines and, you know, trying to, to get something going with them? 
actually, I got a call from a message from Ronnie a couple weeks ago, and we've been talking, and we're uh, hooked up with this U.S. Barbecue Championship out in Arizona, in Quartzsite. So we're we're actually having an event there, and I believe we're going to be on this tour of uh, Golden is it Golden Nugget Casinos around the country. So that'll take us out to California, uh, Atlantic City, and a couple other places with them. So we have we have kind of worked with him, and I think that's going to be great because I love his energy, and you know he's taking things to a different level, and that's what we're trying to do with steak cook-offs. When I started, there was five or six of these things around the country, and I'd pack my grill grapes, go cook, and sometimes I'd fly there just to cook. You know, down in Florida, but you know, we're hopefully there will be events each weekend, and we can build the payout. Our payout for the championship was, I think you had Darian on, and it was. He won $8,500 for first place, which yep. is the largest first place ever in state cook-offs, and we were real excited about that. Brett Galloway joining me here on the show from State Cook-Off Association. StateCookoffs.com is the website. Uh, Brett, do you have any direct tie-ins with uh, the food, uh, the World Food Championships at this point? Uh, we don't, no. no we've, um, our championship was relatively close to that, and you know, I've talked to Mike just a little bit, but um, no, we, we actually went down there just to see the food championship, and wow, it was impressive. It was a very impressive event. Do you have uh, statistically uh, what fuel seems to be winning the most? I mean, it sounds like you can kind of pull in any kind of cooker you can get your hands on. Uh, do you find the charcoal or you know electric or gas or whatever is, is doing the majority of the winning? Charcoal's winning. Guys are cooking on lump charcoal. They're using a little bit of uh, wood chunks in there, whether it be, you know, a little bit of mesquite or some pecan, even you know, hickory in there. That that's what's winning. There's guys cooking on pellet cookers, which is fine. Uh, we have guys that will cook on a gas grill, and you know, we talked about does that give them an advantage or regulate their heat? But in my opinion, the flavor advantage isn't there, so it's almost a disadvantage. So what happens? Those guys come out to one event. And the next week, they had so much fun. They've got a Weber kettle out there. They got a PK grill, or you know anything. So they end up cooking on charcoal, and that seems to be what most teams use. Red Galloway is the founder of the State Cookoff Association, and uh, that's what we've been talking about here over the last segment. Uh, Brett, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for coming on. No problem, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You got it. There he is. Brett Galloway from the Steak Cookoff Association, steakcookoffs.com. Um, I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a, a look to upgrade their website at some point. But from all accounts, it's becoming very, very popular. And as he said, it's a one-day event. Uh, you can put in 150 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is uh, to get in. And then have the opportunity uh, to win. If you win it, you know, a thousand bucks or so. And as he had mentioned, Darian Kazravi wins 8,500 bucks for winning the overall uh, state cook-off championship uh, last month or whenever it was. So, uh, or yeah, oct- well, October was the, the final event. So again, you know, long season, maybe, you know, shrink it up to, to four or five months or six months or, you know, let barbecue run, you know, the first three or four months and pick it up and kind of join forces and then drop back off before, uh, you know, the big competition season uh, of contests comes up uh, October, November. Who knows? Just my two cents, but uh, he's obviously doing a fine job. That's Brett Galloway from uh, the State Cook-Off Association, the SCA. So 
If you've ever done one or thought about doing one, they're going to be doing about 80 to 100 next year. So uh, put your nose out, find one, cook in it, and report back to me. I'm uh, always very interested to hear uh, you know, what new things are going on out there and how you like it. My mom's coming up out of the break, by the way. It's coming, folks. Thanksgiving is coming. Don't fall victim to the same old crap. Do the right thing and head on over to ButcherBBQ.com, please. And tonight we talk specifically about the grilling oils. I saw it in the chat room. Everybody's talking about parquet and squeeze butter and all this crap. You know what I say? Poppycock. Poppycock. Grilling oils are where it's at. Why? Well, A, you don't need to carry a refrigerator on your back, number one. Number two, even if everything's out of your ice chest in regards to meat, you still got to make sure there's ice in it to keep your parquet refrigerated. That's for losers, man. Be a winner and get with the grilling oils. Why? Because grilling oils are shelf-stable. When you have them, you can leave them out on your counter. What happens when you leave them out on your counter? You visibly see them all the time when you're getting ready to get down on the kitchen. Pick them up, use them, use them again, use them again. You can put them right back. You don't have to jockey them out of sight. Because what do we say about out of sight? Sometimes out of sight, out of mind. We don't want any of that. Grilling oils need to be in sight and used frequently. they got three different flavors to choose from. You have the Chipotle. You have the Steakhouse. And... You have my favorite, butter. I love butter. It's got a thousand and one different uses. Really, you're only limited by your creativity. So for me, I'm in trouble. But for most of the people, I mean, the sky's the limit. So head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and pick up the grilling oils. And while you're there, load up on the rubs and the sauces, the injections. You know you're going to thank me later on. You know they're award-winning. Everybody's using them. I mean, that is the bottom line. It's not going to just be Happy Thanksgiving for you, but for everybody that's using Butcher Barbecue products. And don't worry about busting the bank when it comes to shipping. Items totaling up to 55 bucks ship at $8.50. Between 55 and 200 ship at $9.75. Anything over $200 ships for free, which is why I always say go over $200. Trust me, there's enough stuff there for you to try, to load up on, to stock up on, to put in your bomb closet. ButcherBBQ.com. Grilling oil can go in your bomb locker. And when everybody else is dying of radiation, you can take out, douse them in butter. And because there's nothing left to eat, you can eat them in their butter-flavored grilling oil. I know it's a little extreme. All right, uh, we are coming back with my mom right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Uh, You have found the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard, by the way. Maybe you never knew that in a week and two days from now, Thanksgiving is coming. Alert! Alert! I'm not kidding. You thought I was lying when I was talking about it with Stephen Reichlin. Well, guess what? I'm not. 
But I'm here to save your ass yet again and here to help me do it. None other than the lady that helped save my ass a number of times as I was growing up as a ute. Connie Rempe, my mommy, joins me on the phone. Mom, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you for asking. And we're ready to go. I mean, we have a Thanksgiving coming up like I'm sure nobody can believe. This is going to be the best one ever for a number of people. Um, And I'm like, we got to have you on to at least give, I mean, Stephen, I don't know who Stephen Reichlin is, of course. But he (laughs) just yammered on about whatever he was. I fell asleep halfway through. Because I was waiting, resting for your guidance. Because if somebody wants the kind of traditional, uh, not pilgrim type Thanksgiving, but something you're used to that's going to make you feel like you're back home again, maybe you're somewhere where you're not going to be able to get back home or somebody that normally cooks it for you, this is something that's going to make people feel good in their stomach and in their hearts. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah. what do we want to what do we want to talk about first? We're going to start with dessert. Do we want to go to side, or we just want to go right to the bird? I think we'll start with the bird. Go ahead. Then work down to the sides and maybe the dessert. But uh, this year, um, I'm doing a slightly different technique. Um, I'm going to be covering the bird with a cheesecloth that's soaked in butter and wine. Mm. What kind of cheese are you going to use? It's a joke. Sorry. Tough room. the cloth of the cheese. Right. Yes. It was a joke. Come on. Hi. Come on. It's a joke. Good Lord. Very funny. Very funny. Yes. But um, I'm doing, I usually do a big bird. No matter how many people I've got, I, I just like all the leftovers yeah. and we eat turkey forever. So I'm getting around a 20 pound turkey. And 20 um, pounds? I'm getting a. Yeah. Holy I wolf. think probably the biggest one we used to have maybe was 26 pounds. I, they, there's no such thing as a 26-pound turkey. Um, believe me, you've eaten a 26-pound turkey. Yes, sir. Oh, my Lord. That <laughs> just seems incredible. They're so big. Well, you wow. know, the, the bigger the better. That's right. right. What are we talking about? Uh-oh. All right. Uh, so 20-pound turkey this year. Down from 26 pounds in years past. Wow, that's huge. Exactly. All right. Yes, but I, and I get the uh, free-range organic turkey because, you, you know, you and Ste- You and Steve Reichlin. Well, you know, yeah. You right. want a turkey that, you know, until you murder it, has had a good life. No horse shit I do. <laughs> I want that thing to be miserable. I'm going to eat it. Ha, ha, ha. Inject it with all the hormones and steroids. I need everything. I need all the help I can get for crying out loud. Oh, no. No, you don't. Got to be a purist. All right. So cage-free, farm-fresh turkey. Right. Right. You got that big bird. You're going to take it out of the refrigerator for, you know, like an hour or so beforehand to kind of let it take the chill off. And give them a nice little rinse. Pat them dry. And uh, you're going to preheat the oven to 450 degrees. And then I'm taking a bottle of wine and three sticks of butter, very decadent right there, melt it together, and you're going to fold your cheesecloth up so it's kind of like a 17-inch square with four layers. And you're going to put it right in that butter-wine mixture and just leave it there to soak. You get your bird, you're going to put it on a roasting rack in your pan, uh, rub it all with butter, 
salt and pepper, salt and pepper the cavity and fill it with whatever stuffing you want. Then you're going to take the, yes, um, tuck the little wings underneath it, tie up some little legs, and uh, you're going to put that, exactly, yep. yes. Um, you're going to take the cheesecloth out of the butter mixture, kind of not really wring it out, but just so you're not dripping all over the place, put it on top of the bird, cover it all up, maybe halfway down the sides, and um, put it in the oven for about a half an hour. And then you're going to turn down the oven till uh, 350 degrees, basting it, then turn it back down. You're going to roast it for about another two and a half hours, basting every 30 minutes. And uh, then you're going to, after three hours in the oven, you're going to take that cheesecloth off carefully. And the, it, it's supposed to give you a really mahogany kind of uh, texture on the outside, nice yeah coated dark brown deliciousness um you take off the cheesecake you're going to rotate the pan in the oven so it it browns evenly you know front to back and um after about the fourth hour you're going to check the temperature for doneness now when i first sent this off to you i said check it for doneness at 180 degrees which i must say I had a cold at the time and was feeling sick and thought, oh, what have I done? Because you're going to want to check it, take it out at about 165 degrees so you don't overcook that sucker. But, um, yeah, so at about 165 degrees, you want to take it out of the oven, let it rest for a good hour, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, because you're then going to do the rest of your sides in the oven. And um, that's, that's pretty much it for the turkey. All right, so you know that the barbecue people in this uh, chat room, are, turkey in the oven, gross. But let me tell you, screw you people. This is my mom you're talking about, so you can beat it. You're disinvited from the show. All right, I handled that. Well, for you're you, just. Mom. I handled that. Thank you. You're welcome. Outrageous. Yes, I've never seen that. such drivel and malfeasance in my chat room before. I'm about ready to shut it down. Well, not everybody, you know, for those few people that don't want to smoke it or, you know, they can, deep fry it. They can eat McDonald's and screw off is what they can do. Outrageous. <laughs> I'm not going to have to talk to my mother like that. All right. So, um, right. Thank you. So, th so this is the first time with a cheesecloth ever. Right. Wow. So I'll have to let you know how he it turns dance. out in the end. Well, you yes. know what happens if dad doesn't like it and, you know, he starts hitting. So watch out. Yeah. Put on the armor. That's true. You never know. All right. Violent. That's right. So now here's something with uh, the sides. Pan-roasted Brussels sprouts with bacon. Now, allow me to uh, go back in my memory banks of uh, things that you have never made ever when I was around. And this has to top the list. Pan-roasted Brussels. I don't think I've ever saw a Brussels sprout in my life. Never. You're right. I know it. Never. What is going because on? Because not one of you, not one of your children would have eaten a Brussels sprout. Well, one. But now how do I... you know that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know. I that. ate cream dried beef on toast, and it was delicious. That is not a Brussels sprout. That's yes. what uh, and cream dried uh, beef on toast is delicious. I know. I just said that. I loved it. I know. That should me be too. that should be yeah, that should be thanks, the only one. Yeah, but that should be Thanksgiving it was just dinner. You and me. Yeah, that should be Thanksgiving that dinner. Cream okay. dried beef. That's a quick cleanup too, by the way. 
<laughs> would be okay with me. All right. Yes. So talk to me about yep. these Brussels sprouts. Okay. This is very easy. And it has bacon in it, so you would probably like that. All right. But, you know, you're just taking your Brussels sprouts, your, you know, fresh Brussels sprouts, yeah. cut them in half. Um, you're going to uh, chop up a half an onion. And to begin with, you're going to take about four strips of bacon, cook them until they're crispy. And, yep, then you're going to crumble them up. And in that same pan that you have cooked the bacon, yeah. you're going to add to that bacon fat a couple tablespoons of butter. So you're going to add a little fat to the fat. Yeah. And put the uh, onions and the Brussels sprouts back in the pan and saute it for about, oh, eight to 10 minutes. And um, add a little salt and pepper and you're done. You can just cover it up, keep them warm. It's something that doesn't have to go in the oven. So you have more room in the oven for other side dishes. But uh, that's really good. It's very tasty. You're going to put in that crumbled bacon on the top and, and mix it all up, and it's really good. Now, by four strips of bacon, you mean like a pound and a half, right? Well, at least, yeah. Oh you my. know, the more more bacon, the better. The more bacon, the better. That's right. For everyday life and in the pan-roasted Brussels sprouts with bacon. All right, so easy enough on the side dish. And then you also have yep. a balsamic roasted delicata, delicata squash. Yes. All right. Yes. Now, this year is the first year I've gone off the mark with I love squash. Yeah. And I usually have only eaten acorn squash and butternut squash, but there are like hundreds of different kinds of squash out there. Right. And so I have been taking many other ones and giving them a try. But this All is right. a nice, it's kind of the same size, if you will, as an acorn squash, but it's yellow. But you're just going to cook it going to just cut it in half like an acorn squash and take out the seeds and then just slice it up into maybe a half inch strips and cut up a, a sweet onion same way about a half inch strips put them in a pan or a bowl and to that you're adding your uh, olive oil and the balsamic vinegar salt and pepper mix them all up spread it evenly out on a baking sheet bake them for about Oh, what did I say? About 450 degrees for yep. about 25 minutes. Right. And, uh, you know, very easy. But the balsamic vinegar, you have to have a really good balsamic vinegar. I have a great store around the corner from us. We get an 18-year-old balsamic that you could just drink. It's so good. Mm. And it, it truly make, makes a big difference. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's, that's a good, really good Wait, I had one quick question. What do Brussels sprouts taste like? It's a cabbage family but like does it so, taste like cabbage you know close to cabbage yeah like could you they're, put they're really uh, could good. you put creamy coleslaw dressing on it and you wouldn't know the difference uh you know what you could take fresh brussels sprouts yeah. and just um shred them yeah you could do that yes all right because people do that maybe they, I, they make a brussels sprout slaw all right maybe yeah I, maybe i would that, like that works all right i'll try it out uh, okay, then dessert. Yeah. What are we doing? Okay, we're going to mix up a pumpkin pie a little bit. We're uh -huh. doing a pumpkin tart with pecan shortbread crust and bourbon whipped cream. Like bourbon. Like that. Uh, I know you would. Yeah. Yes. So you're going to get a tart pan and with a removable bottom. 
and spray it with uh, vegetable spray. So it all comes out of there. So you're going to make the crust. And uh, the crust is made with uh pecans that you're going to, you've got toasted pecans, you're going to put in a food processor and pulse them until they're nicely, finely ground. And, excuse me, you're going to add oat flour to that. Now, if you don't find oat flour in the grocery store, you can make your own. Again, put oatmeal into the food processor and process it until it's uh, flour consistency, so you can make your own. So you're going to add that to the uh, toasted pecans. And to that, you're going to add some melted butter, some maple syrup, a little sea salt. And you're going to press that into the bottom of, in the sides of the tart pan. And for the, and then you're going to cook that uh, in an oven that's uh, 350 degrees for about 14 to 15 minutes. And then take it out and let it cool for about 15 minutes or so. And then you're going to fill it with the filling, which is... Uh, a can of pumpkin pie, or a pumpkin puree, yep. sorry, not the pie mix, the pumpkin puree, eggs, uh, Greek yogurt, brown sugar, pumpkin spice, a vanilla extract, and a little more sea salt. Put it all in either a food processor or a blender so it's really well mixed, and then put that into the uh, the crust <clears throat> of your tart pan. Then you put the tart pan on a cookie sheet and bake it in the oven for about 35 minutes until it's, it looks, it kind of is a little jiggly on the top, yeah. but as it comes out, it, it'll continue to cook. So you just kind of let that come to room temperature. And then after it's been out, you know, for maybe an hour or so and kind of room temperature, you want to chill it in the refrigerator for a couple hours, or you can make it the day before. So it's all done. <clears throat> and then for the, um, excuse me, for the whipped topping, you're just going to take the whipped cream and a tablespoon of your bourbon and some sugar and, yep, and then beat it until it makes soft peaks and uh, that you're going to have a nice dollop on the top of each uh, tart. And, uh, yeah, it's that bourbon whipped cream is really good. Yeah, sounds delicious. You can just, yeah, you can put it, uh, you know, in a spoon and just eat it. Because it's it's delicious. All right, so pumpkin tart with pecan shortbread crust to finish it, balsamic roasted yes. delicata squash and roasted Brussels sprouts with bacon as a side mm -hmm. dish, and then a roast turkey. Uh, first time this year, a cheesecloth in wine and butter will be draped over yes. it. So we'll uh, we'll be anxiously getting the uh, update on that for sure. Uh, hope for me in real time, yeah. the Centralites will just hope that I have to give a shit about them to give them updates. So that's debatable. You never know what's going to happen there. But, you know, they'll be hopefully getting it. Up <laughs> I'll update you and you can either tell them or not tell them. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I will be the disseminator of information should I see fit. Now, uh, on the other side of things, if yeah. anybody listening wants the recipes that we've talked about here, uh, a, you can email me. I have those, and I will go ahead and make the uh, internal turkey adjustment uh, from 180 to 160. And uh, also, you can go to Connie's Recipe Corner on the Barbecue Central Show website, where I will upload this as well, and you can find all the other uh, uh, recipes that she has submitted uh, since we put that uh, portion of the website up as well. So uh, that being said, Mom, anything else uh, before I turn you loose? I think that's it. Uh, any potato balls this year, fried potato balls? 
<laughs> well, we are going to be having mashed potatoes, and if we have leftover, we know how to make them so they don't disintegrate That's in the right. oil. That's right. We year, will so. have victory. <laughs> I hope so. I know Bobby was saying that we should try those uh, with any extra potatoes that we have left over as well. But of course, I'll have to pill for those for my mother-in-law. So we might have to devise a, a secret plan to to get those back here just in case. Well, you know what? You can always just make mashed potatoes and do it yourself if you can't, uh, you know, pilfer some from your mother-in-law. Well, that's right. Well, uh, see, that's why you have the great ideas, and I have no forethought whatsoever. Wow. I didn't even think about that. You I, you can make your own? I didn't know that. I yes, thought, you can. I thought your well, mother made them. I thought your mommy made some the potatoes. Forget it. All right. Great. All right. So uh, if you're interested, uh, go to the website or email me. I'll get you these recipes. Otherwise, my mom will be making uh, Thanksgiving turkey again next Thursday. Mom, always appreciate the time. Thanks. Anytime, sweetie. Love you. All right. Love you, too. It's my mom. Bye. Connie Rempe joining me on the show for Connie's Recipe Corner. How did how would how would I not think that you can make your own potatoes? How embarrassing that you have such a mental uh, midget as a host, folks. Oh, Chops Power Injector System, folks. The National Barbecue Association 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year comes in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. From the backyarders like me to the competition cooks and caterers like you, the Chops Power Injector System is right for you. Each of the patent-pending Chops Power Injector System features not one, not two, but four needles evenly spaced at the perfect distance for injecting. comes with three plug screws, so you can get that spacing just right to get around the bones. Let's break it down. Number one seller, half-gallon Chops Power Injector System, designed for the competition or to pump up the backyard warrior. Folks, so easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector, $100 plus shipping anywhere. Then you have the one-gallon chops power injector system. Designed for the catering and bigger jobs, it will hold double the amount of the half-gallon, right? That's why they call it the gallon. Some use it in competitions, like when you are cooking MBN whole hog or maybe doing 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. This one is $120 plus shipping anywhere. The newest one, the Chops Full Power Injector System, it's electric. It's the commercial and competition big daddy. It's not a holding tank, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. That's right. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at one of the best barbecue restaurants in Kansas City. And he said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch 12-gauge needles, 2-inch 11.5-gauge needles, 3 plug screws, and a needle protector. This one runs you $325 plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pitmasters, not only in the country but in the world, are using Chops Power Injector Systems every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. The thing is, we live in a foodie world now that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it, and you do it fast. It's not just for meat either. How about alcohol-infused watermelon for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Get your aunt or uncle all S-faced from the Chops Power Injector System. All of them are made in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories if you want them, if you need them. They got them. You want to shoot the medium ground spices? You want two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles? They got them. How about clothes-tip needles? Perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep from uh, plugging up the needles with fat. That's right. 
Chops Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power. Barbecue Kansas City, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's BarbecueKansasCity.com. Thanks to Dan Uladal and the folks over at the Chops Power Injector System. Get one, man. I'm telling you, change my life when it comes to injecting. We're back to wrap it up. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks again to my mom for joining me this past segment. Again, if you are interested in any of the recipes she talked about, either now or for the folks who are listening in podcast, shoot me an email. I will get them to you. Also, I will post them up on Connie's Recipe Corners uh, portion of the Barbecue Central Show main website. Connie's Recipe Corner, I believe, is how it is uh, titled in the address bar. It also has uh, all of her archives of past recipes as well. So check them out if you're so interested. All right, let's wrap it up all the way back in the first hour. We were joined by Stephen Reichlin, Barbecue Hall of Famer, talking turkey, Thanksgiving, all that good stuff. Then we talked with Kathy Vu from Cambro, cambro cambro.com, talking about her specific line of products, the UPC 400, the UPS as well. You know Cambro, you love it, you use it all the time. Cambro.com once again. Uh, Brett Galloway joined me at 1014, talked about the State Cookoff Association, SCA, statecookoffs.com, their website. 80 to 100 events slated for next year. Wow. 150 bucks to enter, walk away with $1,000 if you win, done in one day. I mean, what's not to like about that? Closing out the show, my mom, Connie Rem. Once again, if you're interested in the recipes that you heard, email me or visit the website. The BBQCentralShow.com and on the top says Connie's Recipe Corner. Recipe will be posted there at some point sooner than later, and then the archives of all the other recipes she's done since she's been on as well. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.